Hello. So I saw this series come out and I felt compelled to speak about something. And nothing jumped out though. Matt says, what about resentment? I'm like, oh, I don't have any resentment. What are you talking about? He <laughs> <laughs> said, just talk about your 20s. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so I spent the last few weeks thinking about resentment and putting that lens over my life and my, my day-to-day life around me. The other week, about a month ago at work, um, I had a project. It was busy. I had a tight deadline, and there were two advisors, colleagues, who were I had thought were meant to be helping me on this project to meet my deadline. And I, I was asking them to help me, and they kept pushing back on me. They're too busy, too much, whatever. I don't know, and I wasn't getting any help. And one of them, there was a real breakdown in our communication style. Somehow, we just had a clash of how we worked. I was asking her verbally to do something. She came back and said, could you put that in bullet points and email it to me? (sighs) So in the end, the next day, and I was rushing, trying to get it done myself, and I was hearing them saying, you know, just chatting about nothing all the time and how they didn't have enough work on. So I was sitting there getting a little bit angry, a little bit resentful. I'm like, okay, I'm going to talk about resentment, so I better do the right thing here. I went to the bathroom and I prayed for them. So, <laughs> it's not funny, it's really serious. I think it's, <laughs> it's actually really important. So, never underestimate the power of praying for people. It's scriptural, pray for enemies. Whether it's praying for them, and, and I do do this, and, or just sending them good thoughts, whatever you like to call it. And I'm just going to stick these up as I go through my talk. And at the end, this will be sort of like some of the key things that I think can help us work through and get out of resentment. Um, And this fits under the subheading of forgiveness. So um, a couple of days later, I finally managed to talk to my manager, who's um, always quite busy, and we sorted out the workload issue, but didn't sort out the underlying issue of this one girl and I not working well together in terms of our styles. And I'm like, I've got to talk to her. And I was waiting for the right time. I didn't want to rush into this. And um, a month later, which was now about two weeks ago, the opportunity did come up, and it was really good. And we had a really good, honest conversation. It was completely restorative. So I think, you know, it's all fine now. It's completely out in the open. There's no issue. We know how to work together. So I think that's also really important. Um, now, when I was um, looking up Lacey's best friend, Brené Brown, who is um, <laughs> a world-famous researcher on shame, uh, for those of you who may not be familiar with her, um, if you're not, Google her and look on TED. She's got some great TED Talks. Who says about resentment, choose discomfort over resentment? So I definitely felt uncomfortable in that conversation with my colleague, but the resentment is no longer there. She continues, ask yourself, will avoidance of discomfort cause resentment later on? She goes on to say, compassionate people ask for what they need. They say no when they need to. When they say yes, they mean it. They're compassionate because their boundaries keep them out of resentment. So what exactly is resentment? Obviously, I googled it. (laughs) Wikipedia calls it um, the bitterness or anger that someone feels about something. Vocab.com says the strong, painful bitterness you feel when someone does something wrong to you. I like the two of them together because it's not 
just about when someone's done something to you that's offended you. It can also be a situation, something else that has happened, and my story that I'll come to is more the latter. Um, Psychology Today talks about um, says that the uses of resentment are futile and destructive, and I definitely would say, you know, any, if you think about resentment, confess it. It's like a disease that can just affect all your relationships if you don't do something about it. It continues to say it often reflects an area of inner need rather than actual outer circumstance. Um, and a resentment on the surface. So often, <coughs> there's resentment on the surface. It's not the actual issue, there's something going on underneath, and in my work example, the actual issue wasn't about not getting my work done, it was about the fact of our clash of work styles. So a really key um, thing that I'm going to put up now is address underlying issues when I can find it. is um, really, really important. Now I was thinking a bit more about, I mean resentment is a very wide topic. Um, I know that there can be societal resentment. Whole societies can have huge issues of resentment where there's inequality, injustice, poverty, and this can, we know, lead to extreme behaviour such as terrorism, and these are huge issues. Um, the focus tonight is not on that, but I think there's some still very common, you know, address underlying issues, absolutely. What's going on in this country that's got all these issues going on? You know, that's still relevant. Restorative conversations and dialogue are still completely relevant. But I am going to focus more on that personal resentment that we encounter, which might express itself in jealousy or anger or bitterness. Um, I had a chat to one of my friends this morning um, and I went through this with her. And, and, and I think, so she has some really good suggestions. Some of the really common um, things that we might encounter um, with resentment might be the perfect family. Looking on Facebook all the time, people put up their photos of the perfect family. Everything is amazing, and and she struggles with that. Um, and we that is something that Facebook has a bit guilty of. People who seem to have it all, everything seems to work out for them. People who have money, people who are successful, um, and all of, you know, all of us can probably relate to something like that. And I, don't, I just want to have a qualifier here. I don't want to negate the real pain that might be associated with this. So it is um, just, just, we can come back to that later on. Um, some further observations on resentment. As I often think, if not always, but self, it can be quite self-centered. It's about what I don't have, what he has that I don't, or she has that I don't. It's all about me. I get stuck in the past. I keep going back to it. I can't get out of it. I can't see past my issue. And... Yes, it could be based on a real issue, but it, it, it also may be a little bit distorted. It may not be, you know, that person I'm jealous of might actually be envious of me for something I've got that she doesn't, and it's not rational. So it's about sort of getting past that self-centeredness somehow. I also think it can be good in that it shows where there are underlying issues that can be resolved, and that, like pain, it can expose things that is, let's, we can do something about it. So in that sense, it, it can be good. 
Um, I also think, yeah, like I, my, other, my early example, there are everyday examples of Rosema that just come up all the time, pretty short term, you can fix them reasonably easily. And then there's the longer term, deeper issues that might be linked to deep feelings of shame or worthlessness or something else that happened in the past that you just can't get past. Um, past. So that, I'm going to put up this diagram here, which shows quite nicely, I think, um, how we can get trapped in the past. Oh, I didn't think about where to put these. This. So if you think about it, this is the person, they have a choice and you can easily, just by default, get trapped in that past, the maze of resentment, you keep going back to it, you're stuck. I can definitely relate to that. Then you've got that choice of sort of living in the moment, being proactive, thinking positively about what can I do about this, looking into your know, hope. And, and that covers things like being thankful for what we have, living in the moment, forgiveness, restoration, reconciliation, all those sorts of things. It is a choice, but I also think you can, um, you may need support to make that choice and to have an to ongoing, like keep that an ongoing decision. Um, it's certainly not something that you can just necessarily make on your own easily. So I think support, whether that's from a friend, someone you trust, accountability, and this could be a therapist or a counsellor, and some tools to deal with this is really useful. Um, some of the tools that, I'll come back to this, but some of the tools that I think are really useful are truth statements. You, know, you might be believing lies about something. Well, let's, let's look at what is the truth actually. How does God actually see me? But I'll come back to this in a minute. So, forgiveness. Dave Riddell and his Living Wisdom resources talks about giving up resentment and leaving the past behind. Quote, a long memory is no longer helpful when it threatens to trap us in the past. We all need to be reassessed if we are to live in the eternal present. Letting bygones become bygones is therefore fundamental to living in the present and avoiding accumulation of bitterness. When a person or community has become embittered, defensive and angry, someone else has decided their state of mind for them. And as long there is as long as there is still a score to settle, they must remain bound to the past, unable to live fully in the events of today. We are only as free as our proactivity, which is our ability to choose our own attitude and response. If you have no wish to spend eternity in revenge or bitter resentment, I suggest you move to let the debt go now. Well, you still can, because day by day, our attitude is becoming our destiny. Will that become better or bitter? Only you can decide that by the attitude you take to the offences of life. Being proactive. This is a mega theme. Choose my response and attitude. Oh, and he also refers to living in the present. So by doing these things, it helps us to live in the present. And you know, this is also a mega theme that covers everything, really. <laughs> My story. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> okay. So 
this is a slice of my story. That's not everything. It has just one lens on it. Um, I was at university and everything was going really well. I was a high achiever. I had scholarships. I went to Japan, lived there for a year and at a university, and I got scholarships for my master's. I had high expectations of myself, and others had high expectations of me too. I was ambitious. I was going to work at MFAT, foreign affairs, and be a diplomat. But I fell flat on my face. <laughs> None of that happened. I, um, I, I ended up I was from Palmerston North. I went to Auckland. Um, I was isolated and lonely and um, unemployed quite a lot. Underemployed doing re reception work, admin, you know, not sort of the type of work that I was trying to get for about seven years, which is a very long time. Um, this brought up huge feelings of shame. I felt like a failure. What was wrong with me? I'm not good enough. I've let everyone down. Completely lost my confidence. Totally broken pride. Um, and I also struggled with depression. And I will just spiral down really low. And it was just really hard. Oh, and also had lots of fights with my family. So it was just a horrible, my 20s weren't fun. Um, through all this time, I was, had a strong faith and I prayed a lot. Like, all of this was based in prayer. I had so much faith. You know, I, I it's just, I don't, you know, there may not be, I don't know the answers and that's okay. And that's part of my journey is just letting, coming to terms with that period of time. I don't know. Um, anyway, so, oh, and, and, and then eventually I did, after about six years, I left Auckland. I had $4 in the bank, came to Wellington. I did have accommodation to go to, luckily. Because <laughs> like, everything I did was like, you know, let's just do it. Um, I had faith it would be okay, and it mostly was. But, um, it, but once I got my sort of proper career, my, as I say, proper career type job, my first one, e even since then, it's always been hard. It's never been easy. And even, you know, even earlier this year, I had to apply for my current job twice. It's like, it's just been hard the whole time. So my resentment is about my situation. Um, perhaps people leading me in the wrong direction, teachers, academics, you know, people around me, and also God. Um, I found this a couple of years, oh, I found this last week that I wrote a couple of years ago. I just read a few lines, just uh, how I was feeling, I suppose. I have a deep rage. I feel I'm not successful. I was always meant to be successful. I'm so angry I can't find my niche, my groove and work. I'm so angry it's been so stop-start for so many years. I'm so angry it took so many years to start in the first place. I feel like this should be yours about anger, but actually it's about resentment. He's doing anger next time. I'm angry at you too, God. I trusted so much, had so much faith. Took the path, less travelled, took so many risks, and now I don't know what for. I won't read it all. Um, the other thing that I was originally going to talk more about was friends and other people that I felt jealous of that triggered me to all these feelings of I'm not good enough, what's wrong with me? Because, and I've got, I'm surrounded by people at work who are younger than me, who are managers, GMs, principal advisors, chief advisors. It's like, oh, these people. It's like, wow. What? And it just gets me every time, and I've got a really good, you know, good friends included. Um, but then I realized it's not the main issue. It's actually nothing to do with them at all. It is about me. This is about the other thing. This, this perhaps in the past, this whole thing. Um, so how I'm coming out of this. 
and uh, and I have come a very long way. And, and, and yes, it is it's good. It's good news. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, where can you see this? If I sit here, thankfulness or gratefulness, whichever you choose to call it. Um, this will be familiar to some of you. You can just imagine this black cloud around you. Words of thankfulness spoken out loud to yourself and to others. I think ideally if others can hear you say thank you, it can help. It really helps to realise what you do have. And I think that's the heart of some of these issues because you look compare yourself to other people and you think you've got nothing, everything's bad in my life. But actually, I've got this and this and this. And I mean, some of the things I'm thankful for is my family, my husband, my children, my home, my job. I've got heaps of stuff. What's wrong? Why am I jealous of her? (laughs) But naming these things really helps. And it can help disperse that black cloud. The other thing that's really helpful that comes under this tools under addressing the underlying issues, Billy, you mentioned it last time around anxiety, was that externalization or non-association. Essentially, in basic English, um, it's, this is not all of who I am. So if there's something that crowds out your mind absolutely like a black cloud, you cannot see past it, just recognising this is not all of who I am is really powerful to help get through that. Um, all right, the other thing I do, well, okay, I went to therapy. So addressing underlying issues, and that is a really scary thing to do, really hard. Um, I started a couple of years ago when things kind of went quite bad. Um, and um, I won't go into all those stories, but sometimes it has to get so painful that you actually do need, it forces you to do something. And man, I'm glad I did, and I wish I'd done it earlier. Um, it, it gives you that support, accountability, and the tools, um, and it helps you to address some of those underlying lies that we believe. My worth is based on what I do, not who I am. I'm not good enough. Why did this happen to me? You know, all of that stuff. Oh. Um, but actually replacing them with I, my worth is based on who I am, how God sees me. There's a lot of scripture that, sort of, that, that shows us God's view of us. The eternal view, this is my next big point. Eternal view, what does God see me as? What do I know to be true? But it's not easy. It doesn't just happen overnight. It really is a lifelong process. And and the picture of the onion skin, layer by layer, and it probably will be something that I will sort of get me the rest of my life. But now I don't fall into it. What I do, I get out of it way more quickly. I would spiral and go down along and stay a long time. But actually now it's like, no, no. A day gone. An hour gone. You know, I can get back. I've got the tools now. Um... Another thing under there is what have I learned? This could be like, you know, there's good in every situation, and that's a bit like, okay. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I know that. (laughs) And that is hard, and it is true. It is a little bit easy to be cynical, and fair enough, because, you know, pain is real, and and it's like, don't, as I said earlier, don't negate if the pain is, is real, you know. And I was thinking that today, as I was going on my bike ride, Holding that tension, holding the pain, and allowing God to heal that pain whilst you know whilst you're also growing in other areas is a really important thing to to grasp. I think, and um, yeah, our lives are messy. We are broken. Holding that mess whilst we grow in other areas at the same time, because it's always going to be there. It's never going to be perfect. I mean, one of the things I've learned is this is a complex world. <laughs> Life is complex, and I may not, not, not know reasons for some of this, and I may never know, but actually I can hold that. That's okay. 
where am I here going forward, living in the moment? What does God want me to do with my life now? Um, I had a Oh, I had a, um, a bit of a realization last week. I was sitting at work. I was like, "It's not that I'm only here at work, and I'm not there and there, you know, higher up. It's I am here. I'm grateful that I am where I am, and how can God use me? Because actually, I can still have influence. I can still lead. I can still every decision I make can help all those around me, and I am living in the moment. If I choose to do that, if I choose to get bitter that man, why aren't I a manager yet? You know, that's not living in God's present moment and the fullness of our potential at all. And it's a choice that I have to keep on making. Um, so, yeah, what else have I learned through this? Yeah, so I have learned things. Some of those things is I have learned how to find work. I can now help people with their CVs and their interview techniques, and um, I can help, you know, that's actually <laughs> something I've learned the hard way. I can help people struggling through depression, you know, just walk alongside, help people who have lost confidence, and boy, do I know about that. So um, it's made me grow up a lot. I've, yeah, I'm a different person to what I was way back then, and even two years ago. My confidence has grown immensely just in two years, and that's just through people supporting and actually stating what I really want to do with my life and stating it out loud and then having, believing it, going on leadership courses and backing myself and it's like actually I have come a long way so yeah um, accepting yeah almost finished it's just um, I think yeah the accepting that I can't control the past but I can control my attitude today um, yeah oh I haven't put up thankfulness we've talked about it so I guess just to sum up <sighs> My take on resentment is, um, yeah, in the context of my situation being trapped in the past, but often it could be a person that has offended you and you hold on to a grudge that you might have, you're jealous of someone for whatever reason or something's happened. I think if we are able to get above that and forgive, have those restorative, honest conversations, praying for them, um, choosing our attitude, being thankful for what we do have, seeing how God sees us, um, what the scripture says, and prayer, finding people to pray with. And pray. You know, I've walked closely with God through all of this. Prayer is essential. And addressing underlying issues and being really honest is, is, is powerful. That's it. Thank you. Cool. Thank you.